there had to be global issues that the people of the globe could be made concerned about. And then they could go in and fix those global issues. But that process would be bringing in globalism and world government. Very simple strategy. And I agree with them all the way back to the 50s. They were correct. You will not get a global government unless you identify issues, problem, reaction, solution. They knew that. They were correct. You know what they identified effectively? And it's as early as the late 50s, climate change was identified as an opportunity. Greetings all. And today I have a special for you, a two hour long Joe Rogan style podcast, long form discussion. And it's with Dr. Ahmed Malik. And we go through everything of importance in geopolitics, the state of the world. And he, like I, views the world as it is, not as we'd like to see it. And he has lost his job effectively as a surgeon and doctor in the UK because he's spoken out on things. In fact, one hospital dropped him uh, from the register because of an Instagram post he did that was less than positive about some trans stuff. So there you go. But he stands up for truth and science and reality uh, geopolitically, as do I. So this discussion is long format, but we cover absolutely everything. So just sit back and enjoy. And oh, also I discussed with him uh, physical gold and he is very well aware. And now he's also uh, linked up with Pure Gold Company in the UK. So the links are down below for free independent uh, financial type advice uh, with one of their assistants, if you wish, etc. So anyway, here we go. Long format time. So the funny thing is like people always say Glaswegians speak fast and, they, and they've got the gift of the gap. But you Irish people, man, it's like a machine gun. And I, I'm like, just before I pressed the record button, I was like, save it for the camera. <laughs> I know. Well, at least I'm understandable relative. Like a lot of Irish accents are, are shocking and they're even faster. <laughs> I 30 years in corporate, I had to deal with Singaporeans, Puerto Ricans, Americans. The whole lot. So I slowly got more clear, I think. <laughs> 30, 30 years. I'm clear. I freaking love it. 33 is the classic. 33. <laughs> no H's in Ireland. No 33. No. Dude, I love, I love your accent. And I, I love you, even though it's taking me fracking ages to get you on, you piece of shit. Man, have you made know, me a- work for this? <laughs> I'm a, I, a, a C word. I won't say the word. It's very popular in Ireland, though. It's not seen as particularly bad, that word, uh, traditionally. Do you want to hear something really funny about that C word before we talk about some other stuff? So mm. I was um, chatting to Ed Dad, and geez, man, he was very serious during the podcast. And I'm, and I'm trying Ooh, to crack serious, a man. joke. He's very serious, man. He's very serious. And I'm trying to crack a joke here and there. <laughs> and when we stopped recording, he goes, I think I was too serious. And I was like, you're just a little bit stiff. And he goes, you know, my mates actually tell me I'm quite funny. And I'm like, okay, good. <laughs> Glad to hear that. He goes, no, I'm, I'm, I'm quite a funny, relaxed, chilled out guy. I went, well, maybe just drop that persona a little bit when you're on the camera. He went, yeah, you're right. And he goes, you know what? I've also discovered a what? really special word. And I went, what's that? He went, the C word. He went, it's a fantastic word. It, it describes all the men out there. You are weak and evil and pathetic. Can I say it? 
I went, yeah. I'm not recording me. And he said it out loud. I went, how did that feel? He went, it felt so good. And then Ed Dowd went on yeah. and said it like four or five more times. Excellent. Yeah, it's perceived in particularly America, I think it's, oh, it's misogynistic, oh, it's blah, blah, blah. But in Ireland, it nearly always refers to a man, a bad man. So it's, yes. not, it's not really, it's lost the misogynism association completely. Like, or a bunch of C's is just a common phrase. Uh, but lately, political correctness, wokeness, everything's getting stupid, but yeah. Uh, Ed, Dad, if you're listening. Actually, just keep saying that word. And he made it, he made it very clear, Ivor. He was like, this is to describe all the pathetic evil men out there. He goes, the problem in this world is we don't have enough strong, brave, courageous men. We, we're, we're in a time of weak, evil men. Pathetic, you know? We're, we're, we're in the age of cowardice. There's no doubt. And I said this long before COVID, but COVID just showed it up so clearly. Um, we're three generations since World War II. The real men have largely faded. And of course, we know from very high up the chain with no conspiracy theory, we know they've been funding massively the trans, the wokeness and all that stuff. And they're trying to soften and undermine society. No conspiracy theory. That's what I would do in my corporate buddies. And if we were involved in that, you mm. have to weaken and soften society and take away traditions, mm. nationalism, sovereignty. You have to slowly strip away all the bonds that hold people together. And then you can do what you want with them. And that's what they want. They want to do what they want with them. Man, <laughs> if they gonna, get away with it. That's a clip. That's a short clip just there. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, if, you, if I, <laughs> I, I've looked into this, you know, I don't know if you've heard of the Tavistock Institute. I'm telling you, mate. Oh, a, a yeah. Lot of, right? A lot of this is coming from there. And you just need to look at who's funding the Tavistock and all this gender business is coming out of there. And the funny thing is they got into trouble as well. They had to shut down. Now, what I want to say to you is when, you know, when this place got shut down, because, you know, people only shut something down if they're doing something wrong. And if they're doing something wrong, you would think heads would roll. And if there's doctors involved, you would think doctors would get into trouble and be up to the GMC and being investigated. Nah. -uh. No doctor was held responsible. No doctor went in front of the GMC. And guess what? The Tavistock reopened. Just another little name, just another little branding configuration. And they're doing the same old shit again. So what I got, I got upset because, you know, once I looked at COVID, Ivor, I was like, there's so many scams and hoaxes out there. And one of this is transgender ideology. I mean, I'm sorry. I'm going to say it clearly. A man is a man. A woman is a woman. Everything else is bullshit. Okay, you're distorting truth and reality. And I'm sorry, I'm not going to pussyfoot around this and go, oh, no, maybe like these are these are vulnerable people. They are they've got mental illnesses, and the, and that mental illness is there for lots of reasons: the shitty food, the environment, lockdowns, our education system, the indoctrination, the cost of living, everything. So many things: the breakdown of society, the family unit. So we've got a generation of messed up kids who are being told that you know what, you're in the wrong body. And we're now, the medical industrial complex is taking advantage of them, making them lifelong pharma patients, mutilating them biologically and physically with surgery. And I'm sorry, as a doctor with medical ethics in my core, I want to speak up for these people. I'm not transphobic. I'm saying we need to protect them and defend them. But apparently someone like me now is dangerous, is transphobic, which is so ridiculous. I'm not, I have no phobia of people like that at all.
it it's just so absurd and and so clearly self evidently absurd. It's frustrating, like COVID. I mean, I was looking in April, and yeah, I have thirty years of complex problem solving, and I had the advantage of a huge network of experts in all fields, and I grew it rapidly within weeks. So I had a huge advantage, but it was so obviously absurd. From Diamond Princess, February twenty twenty, this is the same thing. It's self-evidently absurd, but it shows you the power of propaganda over decades can lead normal people to just be completely blind to patent absurdity. And and just one thing I'll say on that, uh, not to get mired in it, mm. but the other day I knew the WEF because I, I always said to people a simple thing, look at the WEF timeline on their Twitter account. Anything they're pushing is corrupt. I have not yet found a, from climate to COVID to trans, anything they're pushing is corrupt. So if you want to know what's corrupt in the world and what's the narrative and propaganda, easiest thing in the world, go to at WEF on Twitter, look down the timeline with a notepad. You got the full list. You don't need to go anywhere else. Any other corruption in the world and propaganda and, and programs of madness that are not on that timeline, they're small, small stuff. And that's it. And I found out the other day that in 2019, they had a huge forum thing and a lady came on in an absurd outfit that went with the whole trans LGBTQ plus 17, 18. And she said clearly, and I looked up the website, the WEF now is pretty much in a big way getting into LGBTQA whatever. And it's a big program and we're going all over the world. We're working with media. We're working with activist groups. We're blah, 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 blah. And it's on their website. I put the link when I shared it. So they literally in 19 got into LGBT trans in a big way. And they boasted about it. Why? World Economic Forum. What's the answer? Same as everything else. They need to weaken society to achieve all their other real goals. It's self-evident. Mm. Mass migration is the exact same policy, and they've pretty much almost admitted it. It's to take away nationality and nationalism because they want the super state. It, it's just self-evident, and it's actually a very simple strategy. It's not even like conspiracy theories are usually all complicated and hidden. Um, they're saying it. It's obvious. But the media, this is the killer. The media will never, ever even discuss that idea. Never, never. And you know what? <clears throat> People like you and me will never be invited to any media platform, no. any panel, because our views are not acceptable. They'll have an Overton window and they'll, they'll say, we have open debate. And they have people basically who are all saying the same shit in a tiny little confine. You know, throw someone like you and me in. And like you said, off air, we're just too hot. We're too hot. And the reason why is, mate, we're uncaptured. We are raw. We are uncaptured, That's we are it. unfiltered, you know, we are uncensored. We're just going for the truth. And you know what? I'm sure you've put your hands up and said, oh, I got this one wrong. But you know what? But we only got it wrong because we're human, not because we're deliberately trying to mislead mm. people. Like, because I'm not perfect. I don't get everything right. I'm sure you're the same. But, you know, they don't want people like you and me um, having that platform. But, you know, no. what you were saying about breaking down no. society and nation and statehood, everything. 100% right, the family unit. Like, they don't want strong men defend, defending their families, right? And a lot of women have come up to me and said, where are all the men? 
I mean, it's shocking how many women come up to me and go, where are the men? And I'm telling you, mm. it's a problem. And then you're right. Yeah. Like you break down the nationhood state. Like it is not racist to say what the frack is going on with this mass migration business. Like it's, dude, it's something weird going on. Like where's the money coming from? Like, and, uh, like forget the UK for a second, like the Southern border of the States. Like the people that are crossing there aren't coming from South America or Mexico. <laughs> the Mexicans are quite happy in Mexico, actually. These are people from Chad. These are people from Afghanistan. How did a guy from Afghanistan get all the way to the southern border in Mexico to the U.S.? Like that's a serious logistical effort there. And it's not just one or two. It's a lot. Now, if you just set up a company tomorrow and said, right, from a logistics point of view, we want you to transport you know, 100,000 people, a million people halfway across the world, that's a major feat of logistics and money. <laughs> it's a proper operation. What the frack is going on? And then, you know, remember like overnight, we suddenly got these fast boats coming across the channel. Where did that come from? What's happening? Well, I think the NGOs are one of our major issues obviously beyond the the paymasters at the top the un wf who and all those and rockefeller institute or foundation i mean they're the head of the snake if you want to call it that but the ngos they have created massive armies of useful idiots who actually believe mm -hmm. their own bs and think they're doing a good thing and mm -hmm. those ngos in ireland alone the amount of our tax money being fed to ngos to actually create a dystopia for us. We're paying for it ourselves. Billions of euro in a small country like Ireland is flooding out of the government to myriad NGOs. And they, in turn, are lobbying the government quietly. For instance, the LGBTQ or trans, there was a group in Ireland promoting Tavistock and trans. And they actually, there was a leaked document from their internal email to their members and they specifically said, we have seen in England that when this becomes a public discussion, it goes against us. So in Ireland, it's very important to deal directly with teachers unions, directly with government people, but do not have open discussions with the citizens. It doesn't work. And the reason it doesn't work, and I think you touched on it, or we both did, they actually know deep down that people will wise up if there's open discussion. Yes. And they know their their cart and horse is nonsense. Deep down, subconsciously, they know it's nonsense, but they, <clears throat> they want it. They believe in it. So they actually instructed their members and reminded me in America, back in the 40s or 50s, the communist movement in America. And then you had the whole McCarthy era. McCarthy, yeah. I thought they went crazy against communisms. But in retrospect now, I actually understand McCarthy better. But anyway. Me too. Me too. <laughs> the last three years, I, I have to reassess a lot of shit. Yes. But the thing was that there was equally a leak and one of the top people in the communist movement, and they were moving and working like the NGOs are today to bring in a form of communism to America. Slowly, surely, long game, ideologically driven, very motivated, uh, yeah. very structured. But the release was that this guy had told all the communist members in private kind of communication, anyone who's against us, i.e. freedom-loving American types, always take the opportunity, if possible, to call them fascists. 
And he said that be careful, you know, don't do it mm. if it could blow back. But any opportunity, always call them fascists and keep repeating. Because he said that is the dirtiest word. It's got massive power against our opponents. And if you keep repeating it, it'll just stick. Yeah. With a bit of time, it'll just stick. Public yeah. will perceive that person kind of as the F word. And that was very clever. And that he was very correct. And we're seeing the exact same games today. Far right, anti-vax. It's the, it's the oldest humanity. It is. You're 100% right. You know, it's really funny you should say that about the McCarthyism. I used to think, man, those witch hunts, they were just excuse to get people that were political opponents. No. I mean, yeah. who's that guy in the oh. 80s? <clears throat> in 1984, this Russian guy, this defector, Brezhnev or something. I can't remember what his name you was. but Yuri, I think it was Brezhnev. Fascinating. He told yeah. him in, in interviews, mainstream. He said, we're infiltrating, we're infiltrating, and we're going to corrupt your society. We're going to make you feel hopeless and helpless and destroy your soul and willpower yeah. and take over. Uh, holy macaroni, if that's not happening, I don't know what is. And, you know, I wish I could have my mum yeah. join in. Well, Do you know why I want my mum to join in right now? Yeah. Uh, she's, she's actually in oh. my house. I'm in the garden studio. She's, she's had a heart attack. She's jabbed. Um, I'm looking after her. She's yeah. had heart failure. It's been a shit time over Christmas. But, um, you know, I, the reason why I would love to drag her out and bring her is, you know, yesterday she was saying to me, I'm not happy. I went, why? She goes, all these asylum seekers and immigrants, you know, coming over. They, you know, I've seen them in the mosque and they, they're bragging to me. I went, what do you mean? She goes, these are people who've got big mansions back home in Pakistan. They come over here. They claim asylum. Mm -hmm. The government gives them £1,500 rent a, a, a month. She goes, I don't get any rent. I don't get anything. They, they get their council tax paid off. She goes, I'm paying over a grand for council tax. I'm a, ret a retired pensioner. She goes, there's nothing, you know, mm -hmm. problematic back home for them. And they come here and they get their benefits and they get everything. And then they work mm -hmm. in the black market. They don't pay their taxes. And she goes, I came over when I was an 18-year-old with your dad. We worked every single day of our lives. We never got any benefits. We paid our taxes. And even now I'm paying. And these people are just coming over pretending like they've got problems. And our money, she goes, my money is going to pay for their quality of life. She goes, this is a joke. Now, if someone wants to say my 72-year-old yeah. mother is a racist, <laughs> she's not. Yeah. She's not. Well, I've heard I know, but I've heard uh, the same. Lots of people uh, of, of huge diversity are saying the same thing because they came, worked hard, and are looking around at a lot of grifting and are saying, what's happening? Because now this is their country. They're working hard. You know, they probably got a big mortgage, all the other, maybe two people working. And they're looking at all the floods coming in and wondering why. And And the killer thing is, Again, it's it's so the opposite of conspiracy theory that the average normie would think it sounds like conspiracy theory. So I forget the name, but there's an Irish guy, head of Goldman Sachs, back in 2005, 2010. Of course, Goldman Sachs straight into the UN and the senior mm. position. And his big thing was migration. And 2009 or maybe 11, he's dead now. Was it Robinson? No, it's not. An absolute thug. And he went out with a big address that was quite famous within UN circles. And he gave a big address around mass migration. And he said it. 
He said we need to basically destroy this nationalism thing in the countries in Europe for, for a European superstate. And the bigger picture is the U.S. State Department for a world of superstate is, is the real thing. But within Europe, yeah. they're doing their bit. And he just he said the quiet part out loud, comfortably. Um, and the method was, of course, to flood the zone. Yeah. You flood the zone and this national identity will f- will fade and weaken. And that's what we need. And he just said it. And everyone nodded. Mm, yeah, yeah, because... European super state, we all want it because we're all UN, we're all EU, we're the people at the top. That's what we want. And you're right. And originally it was Calergi, uh, the Calergi plan in the 20s with the pan European Union, mm. the very early days where they wanted a European super state. And they identified that mass migration into the zone of very different people would enable the super. It's a straight, simple strategy. But they're the ultimate racists, and I always say this, because the likes of the Goldman Sachs guy, the Rockefellers, and all the rest are super rich white guys who will never be affected by by the problems, will never care who pays for it because the little guy pays with tax, and they're the ultimate racists themselves because they are literally treating people, often poor people, as pawns, like cattle, to get geopolitical goals for their own enrichment. Yeah, it doesn't get more racist than the people who are driving the policies, but they accuse yeah. everyone else of being racist. Of course, absolutely. It's funny. I think it's funny you've touched upon geopolitics now. It's funny. I love these open conversations. See where they go. But I had Hirovji Morich on my podcast, and it's going to come out in a few weeks' time talking about geopolitics, and it's really relevant. And if you look back at history, there's been two types of things that go on. You've either got one group of people invading another people and displacing them or annihilating them. And it's happened quite recently. Mm. You just need to look at North America and what happened to the Native Americans. You know, they're happily living a nomadic lifestyle, fighting amongst themselves. And then suddenly all these ships arrive and then boom, Mm. their bisons are gone and they're stuck in little reservations, ghettos. Or what Mm. you had is you had waves of them. Yeah, exactly. High Mm. carb diet. (laughs) Or you basically. Uh, 50% diabetic. 50%. There you go. Bloody hell. Or you've had waves of them. You've had waves of immigration and you've had assimilation and and that's been really quite good for societies where actually the, the new waves of immigration bring in new knowledge, new skills, new talents, new drive. And the, the, the tapestry of the nation, you know, actually gets in richer. And actually, if you look at the UK, we're a total mongrel nation. Um, yeah. But it's small waves, small waves and the people are coming are working and they want to become part of the state. Like my mum and dad would sit down to us and say, you're British, you're Scottish. You know, I can barely speak Urdu. I can't read or write it. I, you know, they, but their focus was English, your culture, this is it. You know, and this is my home. And, they, you know, that's what they were doing. And, I, I, and what we're seeing now isn't that. What we're seeing is waves of people coming over, very young people, male predominantly, and they want to bring over Sharia law or they want to bring in their own customs. And it's like, hold on. If it's so bad where you were and you want this, why don't you just stay where you are? You know, just you've, you've come here purely to, to adopt this country and the values that are here, not to bring in other things. And so I get really concerned about what's actually happening. I don't think it's racist to talk about it. I think it's just, it's very alarming. The scale of it is just, 
And the fact that we're not hearing about it in the news or by the politicians, and it seems to be a Western civilization issue. Um, and I don't know what the agenda is, but it's, it's a bit weird as far as I'm concerned. And it's like, well, yeah, but it, in, I, again, maybe I'm being over simplistic here, but the agenda to me is simply self-evident and it's not like there's a million reasons. There's one reason, uh, the one I, I went through, there's no question. It, mm. it goes back nearly a hundred years to the pan-European movement. And uh, it's been persisted with on and off. But in the last few decades, and particularly since COVID and Ukraine, it's exploded. But it's always been the same reason. There's an understanding with the really smart guys, and they are really smart, they're corporate guys at the top. They know that the best way to undermine society and break nationalism and sovereignty you have a bunch of red-haired Irish in one country and then you have blue-eyed Swedes in another. They'll never sign up for some big, happy European, you know, smorgasbord superstate. Yeah. Instinctively, they won't. They're, they've got their own thing. And their own thing is the definition of diversity. Here's another irony. Just like the guys driving the policy are the most racist. That's ironic. Here's another irony. You like diversity. We all do. And we like the managed migration of UK 30, 40 years ago. You know, they had proper bureaucracies and things were managed. And there were hard workers coming and they strove to get to the UK in a good way. And then they contributed. That was all great. But the really big second irony is, what's more diverse and lovely than all these different countries with their own customs and their own languages, and their mm. own histories and richness. And you can go to another country like France and hear the language, and you can see their history, and they have different ways of thinking about things, very interesting. And then you can come home and talk about it, and multiply that by all the different countries. That's massive diversity. Now, what if you have a strategy of destroying that and making all the countries into one blob? Yeah. You've destroyed diversity. Where diversity is gone. Oh my God. We've just spent decades actually eliminating diversity because now, now across all of Europe and America too, we're all watching the same junk television and, and society is just one big blob now. There's no diversity anymore. And yeah. that's what they want. Diversity mate, is dangerous to people who want super states. Mate, you've nailed it. You've absolutely nailed it. And it's, <laughs> And if you look at all the countries when you go on holiday, you know, there used to be a time I'm old enough to remember it, things were really different. Now you go to a shopping mall yeah. anywhere in, in Europe, in the Middle East, it's the same shops, it's the same brands. And it's like, I don't want this. I want to go somewhere different and find unique shops and boutiques and different foods and different tastes and flavors. And you're not getting it. Everything is this, every high street. Yeah. You go down a German high street, a, a Brussels high street, a French high street. You know, anywhere, you know, in Rome, they're all the same. And it's like, I don't want this. Globalization is happening. And and the thing is, like, mm. the, you know, do you know, there's a really famous guy who wanted a European, um, um, you know, mega state, you know, super state. His name was Hitler. <laughs> he wanted that, you know. Good point. And, and, then, and then the thing is, like, I, and even the EU is really an American project. But what they want is yes. they want seven or eight of these big blocks, you know, the Asian block, the African Union, the Pacific, the whatever. 
And then, you know, if you think about it, if the EU and everything, if you've got these like six, seven kind of like super blocks, eventually then they'll say, hey, why don't we just have one block? And then that's our one world government. And, and, you know, I know it's a conspiracy theory, but people need to get this. This is the agenda. They keep talking about it. One health, one this, one that. They want a one world government. Because guess what? It's just going to be so much easier for them. Yeah. Of course. And the problem is, as I say, it's it's frustrating. It's so self-evident and obvious. I mean, I spent a career in complex problem solving that makes this stuff look like, you know, ladybird book. It's so self-evident. You just look at the data. You look at the evidence of the last hundred years. You followed the trail, like in problem solving, you followed the trail of uh, cause and effect sequence, which you can apply to geopolitics, you can apply it to macroeconomics, you can apply it to complex technical physics problems. It's all the same. You can apply it to psychology. I've applied complex problem solving to all of my staff, in a sense, over, over the last decade and a half. Mm. Um, it's the same process of logic and comparative analysis and probabilistic uh, inference. It's the same thing. But back to your point, this one is self-evident. I mentioned some of the key points, like going back to pan-European Union, but it's just self-evident of where it's going. Um, and, and it also makes absolute sense. For all of human history, this has happened in cycles, in super cycles. From the Roman Empire, Shaku Zulu in, in uh, Africa, you know, you hit uh, the national socialism thing. Always you get bad ideological, highly driven generally sociopathic people, rise in the good times. And when they get to the top and they have enough control, they they tend to strike. COVID was an example of a strike. Mm. And um, we're just going through the same thing. Not Mm. only is it not a conspiracy theory, all we're doing is repeating the natural history of of humanity. It's self-evident. We're just seeing the move towards totalitarianism. It's happened again and again before. And it'll happen again. And the danger now I would mention, maybe it's worth talking about briefly, is technology is making this cycle a little more dangerous because the previous things collapsed when people talked to each other and eventually the anger got big enough and the awareness got big enough that people pushed back and then there were coups and overturnings, yada, yada, and wars. But this time, there's a couple of big differences A war won't really save us with the good guys winning for freedom and democracy because, unfortunately, there's no one to fight with. All the countries now report up to the EU and the UN and the State Department and the WEF. Including Russia and China. The idea that they're... They're all just jostling for the power positions. They all all want the same thing and they're all just jostling. Like like Russia and China are saying, we're not going to be subservient. We're going to be equal partners in this. This is all that's going on. Equal. That's exactly it. Ukraine and all, and, and it's just nonsense because at the end of the day, Putin on the top level and Xi Jinping, they're on the blower to the other boys at the top of our side, right? Yeah, it's yeah, a big yeah, chess yeah. game and they yeah. don't want someone to lose. Yeah, They don't want someone to lose. They want to all play the chess game and they each have fiefdoms, new feudalism. China has its own fiefdom. We pretend that we're all fighting each other and there's all yes. this stuff for the little people, but the yeah. reality is they're on the blower. And they yeah. all want the same thing. And China wants the same its thing. sector. It's, yeah. yeah they, China has its slice of the pie, the global pie. The Western globalists have their slice, and they agree not to cause anything too difficult with China, off the record. 
Putin's there. He's got his own fiefdom, his own ant farm. It's under good control. So they're playing politics. But at the end of the day, they're never going to get in a hot nuclear war, right? Because it's not in their interest. So they all just want their big slice. And they're happy with their big fiefdoms. That's it. That's it. You nailed it. And and, and the, the worrying thing is in the past, Ivor, you know, you had these immigrants because they were fleeing. They're fleeing the tyrannical regimes. They're fleeing <laughs> when you had, you know, yeah. people debasing the currency. So the Irish, when they were kicked out of their land with the potato famine, the Scottish crofters by the landowners, because they were tyrants, they went to America. They went, well, frack you. We'll go somewhere where we can work hard yeah. and make I mean, people don't leave because they're they've got a good job and a stable I mean they went out to 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 what the wild west for 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 a party yeah. time for a good time no because they were desperate these were desperate people fleeing desperate. persecution but there was at least somewhere you could run away to dude I've looked at the map mm. I don't know where I would go now like the whole place yeah. is a shit show I mean we've got globalization shit show going on everywhere is captured there's nowhere to run to and we need to sort out our own shit here in our backyards everywhere because we're in trouble I, and 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 you know what you about the technology thing I don't know it's gonna I, it's gonna go either way because with technology yeah. everything happens so fast everything's happening fast and either i think they're going to get what they want by the way i think they're going to get this one world government business whatever and it's either going to collapse mm. very quickly and fall apart because just bullshit and it's a crap idea led by idiots or we're in trouble and it's going to last a very long time a very long time yeah. i don't know it's I always say to people ask and I, I don't like to be negative. I mean, I'm, I'm such a straight up person and, and it's it's been great for me because people appreciate that. I always tell the truth to your earlier point. I look back on covid and actually I was 90 percent right, 10 percent, maybe not correct. But to be honest, the 10 percent is zero because we're all dealing with emerging data and we're hypothesizing mm. based on the complex situation so if yeah. you get 90 10 right you're the you're the guy and the whole network not just me my whole network i checked against all the time they the narrative side were unsurprisingly 90 10 wrong that's <laughs> it it's over there's no point even talking about what you got wrong it's it's literally irrelevant but we were talking about the positive message. I think like Dr. Jakob Nordengerd, I learned a lot from about the Rockefellers and where all this came from. Uh, I'm cautiously, guardedly optimistic. I believe we're on the razor's edge like never before or not mm. since World War II. Mm -hmm. And it's all to play for. I can't call it. You're right. I can't call it. But I do think it's in the balance, which is very important because there's everything to fight for. Everything yeah. to be motivated to fight for. They are racing to cut us off at the pass. And there's an element of desperation. Rushing yeah. and hate speech laws, they failed in Ireland, caused a Ferrari. That was a great thing to see happen. They're rushing in as many migrants as they can get in before people push back. In Ireland, it slowed down because people are pushing back. And 76% in an official Irish Times Red Sea poll said the immigration has to slow down and get controlled. 76% in a poll and the government's still ramming it through, that means they don't give a damn about their electorate. Of course but they don't. There's a lot of green shoots and they are racing to cut us off at the pass with an element of desperation, which I like to see. Uh, 
Mm. And we are racing to counter the censorship laws and all of their madness. Mm. And I just think it's all to play for. But calling it, yeah, I mean, it, at this point, it's, okay. it's I'm hard happy. to call it. Up. I'm, mm. I'm happy to change my mind and stay positive and optimistic. I, I still, I'm, I'm fighting for a reason, even if I, I think it is a, mm. a terrible thing and they get what they want. I'm hoping that it'll only be a couple of years and the whole thing will explode in their faces. You know, we need to fight. We need to fight and we don't give up. I mean, can I just ask you something? You've, you've mentioned Rockefeller and this and that a few times. And I'm like you, right? I think this has all been in the planning. It's all being engineered. And everything we see is very calculated. And then obviously there's little things that happen and it's just as like a reaction. But there's just definitely been mm. a trend. There's been, you know, not every detail has been planned, but there's an idea, an agenda. There's an agenda that they want executed. But I had someone called Mark Chingazi on my podcast, and he was like, nah, ah, not really. Good. He was like, not really, Ahmed. He's this is people. People are the ones. We, the politicians are reacting to the mob mentality. And, you know, Boris Johnson didn't even want to do anything, and he did it just because the people wanted a, you know, lockdowns. And that. Oh. I'm not really on that page. What do you think? Yeah, Mark. Mark's a great guy, and I re remember his name. And he, he did great analysis and work and all. But he has, there's he has. quite a few like him that they really need to see. Maybe my talk from um, Southampton a month or two ago. I went over and did two talks and in Bournemouth, and it's an updated version of Doctor Nordengard's main talk uh, about the Rockefellers. And once you watch that 40 minute talk, uh, even Mark, uh, he'll drop all that talk. He'll, he'll, he'll drop it. I, I am sure of it. I'd be amazed if Mark watched that 40 minutes and came away and still maintained what he said. And again, Give this me, is not a criticism. I just think he's... Distill it. Distill that 40 minutes in four minutes. Tell, tell me. <laughs> okay. I'll distill pressure. It. No, pre no pressure. See, everything, everything is about, for me, is about evidence. I, I'm, I'm an absolute slave to reality or realpolitik. So... I would say this, but I'm saying it and it's true, right? I am the opposite of conspiracy theorist because I demand proof on everything, um, whether it's proof in terms of numbers or scientific direct proof or whether it's proof in the sense that Sherlock Holmes or whatever would accept it as a form of proof. The Rockefeller story is perfect because everything is published. Everything Dr. Nordengard refers to is published. He never goes into anything like me where it's an idea and it, it might be completely wrong because you don't, don't do that. Uh, he did a PhD in it in 2012 uh, on Rockefeller's influence in the world. And he defended the PhD successfully, even though Rockefeller people late in the day came and tried to stop the university <clears throat> allowing the PhD to go ahead, which wow. just proved his point. Wow. Yeah, which just proved his point. So, and someone joked to him, you know, Jacob, you're doing a PhD on the influence of the Rockefellers, and you know this university is kind of substantially funded by Rockefeller, because a lot of them are. But anyway, here it is. The John D. Rockefeller was an absolute scumbag. No one would argue with that. 1920s, the oil baron, we had all of the, you know, documented cartoons in the main newspapers. One of them shows him with the Congress of the U.S. and the, the Houses of Parliament, etc., in the, his palm. And he's moving them around with his finger. 
and it's Rockefeller controlling the government. That's from like 1915 or something. That's not contestable. It got so bad that the public opinion went against him because he was an absolute sociopath and he was destroying everything. Mm. And um, he got blowback. And the press at that time went against him. And then there was an incident at one of his mines where he basically would have given the nod and they ended up sending in militias and they machine gunned men, women and children. There were a load of people killed. And that was that was too too much. So he got huge blowback. And long story short, what he basically did was, what will I do? He got a PR agency, quite a famous guy who had, by the way, been caught doing huge work for Hitler's National Socialist Movement in the 30s. So that was in the newspapers too. So that's the kind of guy. And that guy told him, um, John, you can't lie. Because if you lie, the media will talk about it. The people will know that you lied. Now, of course, for John D. Rockefeller, this was anathema. I can't lie. <laughs> uh, but the guy had the solution. He said, you're going to have to purchase some substantial chunks of media. And then you can say what you want, and it won't be a lie because the media will say it's true. He said, truth is subjective. And he did. He bought Time Life, I think, and a bunch more and started getting them to put out articles. And it worked. Uh, Bill Gates famously, I believe, uh, modeled his rebirth in 2000, early 2000s uh, on Rockefeller. He mm. put the jumper on and he got a lot of training. Uh, same thing. Very close to Rockefellers. Uh, Bill Gates' father was a Rockefeller senior counselor or something. And he was in the club and he was in the Council of Foreign Relations. You know, all these guys are together. They all have their clubs. Yeah, it's not, like, even brought it's, in it's, as it's, it's not like Bill Gates had no money and in his garage suddenly invented something. He had uh, significant bullshit. backing. All these people have significant money and backing. I think his dad even worked for IBM and he got some special, I don't know, I might be wrong. But like they've all got- His father was in some- his his father was in a notorious mm. club, uh, the family planning one in America. Yes, family something or other that wants abortion and population. His Planned father was parenthood. in that club. And Planned Parenthood. Planned Parenthood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His father was buddies with the head of IBM. That's and guess it. what? IBM just happened to give Little Billy the huge contract with outrageous terms that propelled him to stardom. I won't believe a word of the Bill Gates story. I think I would guess. I can't prove this. Given the evidence, I would guess he was identified as a very useful person as their person for the internet computer age. Place him, just like they place Morris Strong was a, I think he was believed he was a homosexual worker on a Rockefeller oil rig in Canada. Who was Morris Strong? Rockefellers got him sent to the UN, gave him a job as a security manager or something. Within a couple of years, he was head in the environmental side of the UN. This is how you do it. You just place your assets and then just work in the background. So I'm jumping ahead. So very quickly, that's John D., but that's not the story. He had five sons. The five sons were instructed in the goal of the family, the richest family in America. And the goal mm. was not to be richer. The goal was not mm. to have more yachts. He instructed them and indoctrinated them that Rockefeller's destiny is to create internationalism, is to create a one world government where the rich elites can have complete free trade unhindered and they just have armies of workers. 
that that's their destiny. And in fairness, Nordgren said they believe it. They don't think they're evil. They believe it is their destiny for the elite to manage the world because politicians and people clearly are too stupid. They believe that. So the Rockefellers set up the Special Brothers Project in um, 1956 or 7. They moved fast. They started funding activist groups. They brought in Henry Kissinger. They identified him in Harvard as a really useful sociopath. And we know what they did with Kissinger and how big he became. People know him. Kissinger was brought in as their main agent. The Harvard Club at the time was funded to bring together all the best thinkers in the world and the senior elites and politicians. And they started putting out their proposals. And to summarize their proposals most simply, they had identified global issues as the only way to get true globalism. There had to be global issues that the people of the globe could be made concerned about. And then they could go in and fix those global issues. But that process would be bringing in globalism and world government. Very simple strategy. And I agree with them all the way back to the 50s. They were correct. You will not get a global government unless you identify issues, problem, reaction, solution. They knew that. They were correct. You know what they identified effectively? And it's as early as the late 50s, climate change was identified as an opportunity. Mm. They identified pandemics and health concerns, global ones. They had to be global. Uh, climate disaster of whatever sort works. Uh, financial disasters were a great opportunity because the small people all panic and you can bring in anything you want and move more money to you. And the fourth one was global terrorism. All right, okay, terrorism. Global terrorism. Global mm. terrorism. Now, did they sound familiar after the yeah. last, not the last three years, but 9-11, blah, 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 blah. They brought in the Patriot Act. Yeah, it's self-evident. They identified those back in criminology. You look for means, method, motive, you know, to prove a crime. You do the same thing here. The whole history I won't go through, but they basically arranged to set up the Club of Rome, which is the elite's think tank to drive climate hysteria. A richest man in Italy who is a friend of David Rockefeller funded it. I mean, everywhere you go, Club of Rome, Council for Foreign Relations set up by Rockefeller, a massive hotbed of elites and uh, presidents of America, everyone was in it. And all they discussed, Bilderberg was set up by the Prince of the Netherlands, whose daughter, a few years later, led the big climate initiative, uh, the new new start for Europe. Everywhere, if you draw just a map of the people, they're all together and they're all in all the same clubs that they set up from Bilderberg, World Economic Forum, Klaus Schwab, oh, scary Klaus. Klaus was just identified like Kissinger, and he was put as Kissinger's mentor. And then they sent him off to set up the European Management Forum. And then when they got connected with the UN, which is another Rockefeller club, uh, they became the World Economic Forum in the 80s. And then in 2019, they signed a pact and a contract to join with the UN to, to implement the Agenda 2030 goals. And the WEF will bring in all the money from the corporates to fund goals working with the UN 
climate, gender, viruses and health. It's all documented by them. The same list that Rockefeller brainstormed in the 50s, the same list of problem, reaction, solution, scams, the same list exactly is what's in Agenda 2030 now. That's it. Mate, that that was a very eloquent monologue. That was amazing. It, no, honestly, I mean, I'm but, respect, respect, because I'm I'm always got banging on my podcast. The reason why I go on about vaccines, pandemics, COVID, transgender, climate mm. scam is because they're all linked. The money system, the banking Absolutely. system, the fiat system, and it's not because I'm a conspiracy theorist. I'm a conspiracy realist. You know, you're a realist. You're dealing exactly. with facts. We are not conspiracy theorists. This is conspiracy reality. No. Okay. Welcome. That's what's going on here, folks. Right. <laughs> I haven't got time for conspiracy theories. So, someone said to me recently, no. why have you not got someone on your show about flat earth? I was like, frack that. For goodness sake. You're right. I've got bigger problems to fry here. Right. I'm, don't give me this Boll- shit. Bollocks. Don't, that's all trying to no. discredit me, trying to bring me down. Look. You cannot mess with the reality of what I'm saying. The climate scam is a scam. There's no evidence for it. Uh, The transgender thing is an inversion of truth. There's no such thing as pandemics, deadly pandemics. They can't happen. We didn't have one. It's bullshit. You know, this warp speed, it's bullshit. Anyone who says it's, it's, you know, oh, no mistakes were made and and we, we can do it better next time. It's bullshit. It's all bullshit. And we have to link. And just the way you said, you know, get the map and draw the lines and join... If you don't see the bigger picture, if you don't see the enemy, if you don't see the problem, how are you going to come up with a strategy to cope with it or a solution to it? You can't just have tunnel vision and just see, oh, yeah, focus on that one problem there. We need to talk about the whole thing. And the reason why I know you're not controlled in any way or captured in any way is because in the last five, 10 minutes, you beautifully mapped out how everything is linked. But can I ask you something? Oh, by the way, I used to always say as well, they look for a global crisis that requires a global solution. Isn't that funny? Always. Isn't that funny? Always. And yeah. what's even funnier is that the layperson doesn't go, what? What the hell are you talking about? Like, I didn't see a global there's problem. There's a simple I, reason. The media. Well, there's a simple, the media is a huge part of it. So swine flu failed because the media began to actually behave like media and said, hold on a minute, no one's dying. What the F? And it blew up. And they learned and they bought tons of media over the following 10 years before COVID. Like this stuff is not rocket science. I know they're very smart. They're obviously got more money than they can ever need to pull off this nonsense. But at the same time, what they're doing is self-evident and simple. They are simple strategies. I have a corporate manager friend, very senior manager I worked with for many years. At the start of COVID, he we were not meant to go to people's houses. And he knew instinctively there's something wrong here. So he came down to my house and he knew that I'd know uh, what the story was. He just, he knows me for long enough that I'm not going to be wrong. I can be wrong when I throw out an idea. But when I say this is the way it is, I am almost never wrong. But mm. I actually know enough to know that I'm right. So he came down and he says, what's the story with this fucking thing? Fracking, and, uh, fracking, fracking. I told him in three. Fracking. Fracking, sorry, fracking thing. Fricking, fricking thing. Fracking what's is the story? from Battlestar. And he knows fracking. he's gone- Fracking is from Battlestar Galactica. That's why I say fracking. Oh, I always think of peak oil and oil extraction when I hear that. <laughs> no, no, Battlestar um, Galactica. So, 
Ah, right. I it's yeah, it's a while back. Um, <laughs> so he asked me anyway, and it's interesting that he didn't just take what I said as as religion, even though he knew I'd be right. He questioned me, so I gave him three or four bullets. I said the impact is severe flu equivalent. There's no question about that. Told him about the Diamond Princess. He knows mm. stats. He's been an engineer for 30 years, senior manager in engineering. So he immediately said, give me numbers. Gave him Diamond Princess. He shook his head. Jesus Christ. And then he said, but what about X? And I gave him the answer and why. And he was just feeding me what he was hearing everywhere and from his staff in America. And mm. I just gave him the answers immediately, casually. And he questioned me a little on those because he was having difficulty believing the scam could be that, of that enormous Yes. And that's stupid. Yes. And I answered each of his questions with trivialities. And he shook his head and he said, fracking hell. And then we chatted about other stuff. And I said, look, it'll blow over like mm-hmm. swine flu. Of course, I was wrong there. I'll, that's what I was wrong about. I assumed early on it would blow over like swine flu. But I didn't know the media was completely gone. Mm. I didn't know the WEF had risen so high in the previous 10 years. I didn't know that, in fairness. So off he went. but. um but he immediately knew it was rubbish with just a two-minute conversation. He knew. He never looked back. And he was right, of course, because it was self-evident. He kind of yeah. knew anyway because he was looking around. He's a super smart guy. And he said, hold on a minute. No one's getting sick. No one's dying. But the television is telling me every day that this is a catastrophe. Right? It cannot be true. Outside of a nursing home or normal flu peak, it can't be true. And he was right. <laughs> He was right. Of course he was. Stupid. <laughs> Clever. Yes. Clever. We just need we just need to wake people up, my friend. We just need to wake as many people yeah. up as possible. And that's why the censorship, by the way, just one quick point. Sorry, yeah, I'm, yeah. I'm ranting, but one quick no. point that I had in my head and I didn't say. Starting off, the point I wanted to make was in the last few months, I've got demonetizations and I've gotten posts taken off LinkedIn, etc. And I watch and I reverse engineer the pattern. What is their most important strategy? <clears throat> Just look to what you're not allowed to say. And right now you can talk about vaccines. You can talk about COVID origins. You can even talk about lockdowns. You could talk about all the stuff that got you banned two years ago and you'll get away with it because they actually don't care. That's yesterday's news. <laughs> what I'm getting banned for now is clear as crystal. Posts on WEFUN, factual posts, pointing out the collusion and climate. They're the two things. They're the two most important things they can't have people talking about, to your point. Otherwise, more people will be aware and it won't, it won't happen. Uh, WEFUN slash Rockefeller and climate. That's what's really getting censored. Not flat earth, obviously. Not 5G. They don't care. They don't give a damn. I mean, the thing is, I got... Don't give it- yeah, I got I got referred to the GMC because apparently I'm transphobic, which is complete bullshit. And then I had oh, a, they used that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But the GMC kicked it out. The GMC said there's there's no fitness to practice oh. issue here. They said there's no. We we oh, they good. said we they said they said we can see why you referred him, but there's nothing really we can. There's nothing his you know his medical practice is squeaky clean. And then I'm limping along and another hospital goes, oh, but you failed to notify us of a referral. So we're, sus- we're, we're kicking you out because of that. And I'm like, hold on one second. The other hospital threatened me with a referral. 
I never saw a referral. I never heard from the GMC. Like, what am I meant to do? Mm. Just because someone threatens to complain about me, I meant to go around telling everybody, oh, by the way, someone's going to complain about me. You wait till you see the complaint. And now the hospital said, nope, nope, you breached the contract. We're kicking you out anyway. And so that's me kicked out. Someone got on the phone. Oh, yeah, mate. Totally. Totally. And the funny thing is that second hospital that says you never told us, they were notified by the other hospital of the referral. Unlike me, they were copied in with the referral. Not me. In the referral, it says, have you copied in the, the surgeon? And the box was ticked, no. So the other hospital that said, oh, you should have notified me, they knew for three months of a referral, although I suspected one, I had never seen one. They knew of it and then chose not to do mm-hmm. anything. But the day after the GMC, yeah, the day after the GMC said, there's nothing we can do here. They went, all right, well, let's find a reason to get him. Um, yeah, he never, he never contacted us and told us, but let's use that argument. And then the third hospital, yeah. <laughs> the third hospital said, we've had a complaint internally of a post that you did on your Instagram of a short of your podcast, someone talking about Israel and Gaza and Palestine. And we think it can be taken out of context and, you know, it will get rid of trust in you and potentially, you know, offend staff and, and patients. So we're suspending you and investigating you. And it's like, what the hell? So what, I've, what it feels wow. like for me, and, and, you know, I'm crippled now financially. I can't work out of hospital. I've got no, so I've given up. I've stopped now. And the reason why, is people, you know, I'm fighting it. I'm fighting it legally and it's expensive and it's time consuming. But the reality is for me right mm. now, it's like, imagine you get in a car either, right? You get on the road and suddenly you've got a police car behind you and in front of you. And they're watching you like a hawk. And there's other drivers. There's other doctors. There's other drivers driving around, speeding driving recklessly, drunk yeah. driver, and they're ignoring them. But you, you speed one, yeah, you speed one mile over the limit to pull you over. Do, 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 do. It pull you over, take you to jail, get your fingerprint, and then let you out the next day. And as soon as you're back in the road, two police cars again. Now, after a while, yeah. it gets very stressful and tiring. And what's happening with me yeah. is it's very clear. These hospitals are like those cop cars. They're on my case. They're scrutinizing me all the time. They're looking for any excuse to get me. Do you know what? Maybe yeah. I'm giving up, but I just don't want to drive anymore. I just don't want to drive. I, I know when I'm not welcome. And you know what? I've been down many times before in my past. I'll pick myself up. If it means I'm going to become a professional podcaster and find some way of monetizing it, frack it. All right? But I don't want to get back in the car on the mm. road and just any bullshit excuse to pull me over again. It's, it's getting ridiculous. But, you know, when it comes back to censorship, mate, you're 100% right. You and I, you know, we don't get the platforms. We don't get the invites. We don't, we don't go out and get on GB News or N Channel 4 or BBC. No one asks for our opinions. I mean, it's funny. I know presenters on GB News. I've asked, can I come on your show and talk about what's happened to me? And this has been the response. Mm. And you're just like. Yeah, trans. They don't want to get in the trans bun fight thing, that kind of crap. They're scared. Everyone's scared. That's it. Cowardice too. But have you, yeah. I mean, I've, even looked, I've looked at the funding of GB News and, and Legatum, and some people are saying the Bill and Gates Foundation is behind it as well. I mean, it just gets murky. Murky, murky, murky. But yeah, I, I, I'd say what happens, though, to be fair, is GB News starts off honest. And then the bad guys see a threat 
and uh, they come with their checkbook. So over time, by all means, dirty money has come in, but that's the strategy. It's the oldest strategy in humanity. You use money. If you see someone who's talking too much truth, you start funding them, and then you threaten the funding will immediately stop and all advertising. That's mm. the stick. So you got the carrot and the stick. It's it, this stuff is so oh it's frustrating. Yeah, it's so obvious. These are simple strategies. There's nothing complex in any of this. I'll tell you one that's funny, and I did a video the other day on it. Last year, I had the sheriff's department, the bailiff, call to my door with an order for seizure. What based on not having paid tax? Yeah, yeah. Um, and the funny thing was, in September two thousand twenty. One or two Irish celebrities who have been on television, they know how Ireland works and they've written books, etc. They'd, they'd be household names to an extent. Two of them and another person who's a very senior kind of CEO of a large company rang me and they were in the Irish group COVID recovery and we were producing white papers. We were getting signatures of doctors and professors and sending them by uh, registered mail to all the parliament members. We were working away in a very clean way, very professional, mostly doctors, surgeons in the group, some senior businessmen. And three of them rang me in September when we were producing all these papers and I was getting on GB News at the time and all. 2020 September, three independently rang me and said to me, Ivor, just check in, are all your tax affairs in order? And you're you're not getting YouTube revenue, are you? And it's going in your back pocket or stuff. And I said, no, I said, it's all clean. Because years before I set up a company and got a professional large uh, accountancy firm to do all my tax, because years before COVID, just because I was involved in the health stuff and questioning statins and quite against the narrative, I actually back then made sure I had an accountancy firm. And I told them, keep everything beyond clean because I, you know, I've got a public thing. But they told me in September, the Irish way is for the government to use the revenue department to harass you. So that's why they were warning me with your profile now in Ireland. That is the Irish way. They gave me loads of examples in the past. And I told them happily, I'm already in order. And they were delighted. You've got an accountancy firm and they do everything. Yeah. Same. Oh, sorry, I was worried. Yeah, this but is this, this is why this is why I've got everything. Every Substack, everything goes into my bank account, and it's there. I haven't even touched it, and I'll get an accountant. We'll do proper tax and everything. No one can freaking very important. Me. And they told me that, so I rang my accountant, even though I knew he already was erring on the side of super clean, if that's possible. Um. I rang him and he started laughing on the phone and I was kind of surprised. And I thought he was going to say, ah, look, no, that's paranoid. And he laughed. He says, oh, don't worry, Ivory. He says, I, I'm very well aware of, of that possibility. He says, my wife is following all of your COVID stuff. <laughs> he already had thought of it himself when, he, wow. when, he, when his wife was telling him what I was doing. So, but notwithstanding, they still tried. Someone on a golf course or someone in a private meeting nodded to the revenue senior person, I would guess, and said, that guy's a problem for us. Do what you can. All verbal, no written communication, of course, I would say. And I got it. They did a completely fraudulent BS uh, seizure notice. I got the letter 
telling me and there was red seizure like stuff stamped on it crazy stuff i got the letter on thursday i think it came in the post on wednesday i think i opened it on thursday my accountant similarly and it had given me seven days notice <clears throat> not business days seven calendar days and i realized that the following day the time was up but i'd only oh, just got shit. the letter next morning the bit Next morning, the bailiff appeared at the door, physically, what? unheard of. Never happened. My accountancy firm, they have a few hundred uh, clients. He's been 30 years in this, right? Never had seen anything like it in his whole career. And Whoa. he said, I, I would know if it happened. Yeah. So what they did was they applied a rule that it was six months late with the corporate tax. But my accountant had already got an agreement under the COVID rules because of his workload and staff, nothing to do with me. He had identified 15 or 20 he might not get to. They approved of that in writing. And in March of that year, he had asked them, guys, can you send me back the proper amount, like without the fine? Because we agreed I have a dispensation, mm. legitimate, and did not get a reply. And then kind of forgot about it. And got a reply on, let's say, July 10th saying, oh, yeah, here's the bill, the figure without the fine. But two days before, another department had intervened and sent the uh, sheriff a warrant. Completely corrupt. I mean, I'll allow for possibilities of coincidences, but I kind of described what happened. That was governmental institutional corruption and harassment. I wrote immediately to the sheriff's department. I talked to the bailiff. He knew straight away there was something seriously wrong when he was talking to me. I said, I have those funds. I can do a transfer right now. Right now. But I said, I need to talk to my accountant. And the bailiff said, well, you know, it is technically with you, even though your accountant does all your stuff, it's, it's legally with you. And I said, oh, I understand. But you have to deal with me, I believe, in a reasonable manner. And he said, oh, absolutely. Uh, and I said, so I think it's reasonable. We talked to my accountant. He said, oh, of course. So he gave me a few days to bring in my accountant. And uh, it was all sorted out, all cancelled. But but that's the kind of scum we're dealing with. And I, I don't use that word too commonly. That is scum. And whoever, if anyone who is involved listens to it, I'm I'm an upstanding family man, never done a wrong thing in my life, bar a parking fine, right? Five kids, massive taxpayer my whole career and still, right? And everything I've said has been true and honest and upstanding. And some scumbag did that. There you go. Not even one. I bet several. Mate, I'm so sorry you had to go for that. A few scummers. A few yeah, scummers. A few and together. I think, you know, I think that's what people don't realize. You're a family man. You've got children. I'm a family man. I've got three young kids, eight, six, and four. You know. Yeah. We're not loaded. We're not entitled. We, we, we've not won the lottery. And so when people say, oh, you know what? It's easy for you guys to do that or you're grifters or you're no, 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 no. I got no fucking money. I, I'm, I'm in a position where I'm, I'm actually, I don't know how I'm going to pay my tax at the end of the year, you know, because my income stream has dropped and, and, and the, you know, I was paying overheads like the secretary and my indemnity and my room hire. But I had no funds coming in. 
So I'm in that position. And then, you know, and look what you've been through. Look what I've been through. And and then we get accused of being grifters and grafters and whatever. Off air, you were saying to me how little you earn on YouTube. I think people need to hear that. People think, you know, oh, you've got a big YouTube channel. You're absolutely raking it in. Can you just like tell me what you just say again, what you said off air? Oh, yeah. Depending on whether you get... A, a really high volume video out, but usually not because I, of course, in the algorithm or shadow band, it's clear as crystal. Um, there's no question of that. But a few hundred bucks in a month to it can be as high as 900s, maybe a thousand. But in euro, that's like, I don't know, three or 400 to 800 euro in a month. Uh, I mean, just like I used to earn. <laughs> Should I say it? As a manager in corporate, I earned like well north of 100k a year, and and rightly so. I was always uh, scoring the top of the employee performance ratings, and I got a lot of raises, and where a lot of people didn't. But that's gone now. Back in 18, uh, but the thing is, yeah, I subsist on various sources. Superb Patreon support, obviously much lower than back in the COVID, but still a group of great people who support my ongoing work to counter this madness. Um, and then I've got some affiliates with Nutraceuticals, Extend Life, and more recently, Pure Gold, the Pure Gold company in the UK. I, I have a link there where you get a year's free storage and they're great guys. Just came back from London interviewing their CEO. Mm. Uh, fantastic, informed people. So I've got affiliates for stuff I believe in, but you've got these various income streams and they, they kind of keep the family going. Uh, but this grifter idea is madness. The only thing I'd say is in the peak of COVID, when there mm. was massive interest and I was doing a massively kind of leadership role in fairness, doing that. So I was working seven days a week in COVID, um, round the clock, obsessively producing those PowerPoints and putting out those videos. And yeah, at that time, people were supporting me because they saw, my God, thank God, there's someone putting out proper analytics, explaining it to ordinary people. Uh, so there was a period there where things were good, but I knew when COVID tails over, I'm back to real politic. And so that's why I got multiple things to keep, to keep rolling. Yeah. And it takes a lot of time. Like, I don't know about you, but mm. before I was working two and a half, three days a week. Right. And I was, I did that because it's a long story, but I wanted to turn my health around. My dad, who was dying at the time, said, get your shit together. I reversed my diabetes. I lost a shitload of weight. I got fit, healthy. I'm younger, fitter, stronger now at 48 than at any point in my life. Um, and I realized it was all about quality of life and getting time and sleeping and all that kind of stuff. And, you know, I, I, I didn't, I got off the rat race, you know, all my colleagues, you know, they're all fat, overweight, but driving the big G wagons and cars yeah. and they got the big massive mortgage and the big house and and I, I didn't want that. I didn't want that. Kids are all going to private school. I didn't want that. My kids go to state school. I've got mm -hmm. an eight-year-old car banged up. I don't give a shit. Okay. I just, I've got oh. just my, I've got my mortgage to pay off and that's it. But now, now I'm working seven days a week, mate. Seven days a week. If I'm not producing the videos, editing the videos, doing the artwork, doing the write-ups, doing the sub stacks, yeah. doing the promotions, the shorts, chasing people out, um, contacting them, scheduling them, doing the research. It's day and night. It's, it's, oh, it's yeah. Like all no questions. I mean, you know, Sorry, you're saying. Oh, oh yeah. Was, even Pure Gold as an example. Um, I prepared the evening before, then I had to fly to London. 
uh, do the interview, grabbed lunch with Josh. Fantastic guy. It was, it was actually delightful to meet him. Uh, so well informed. Uh, but then I worked on editing the video in the club where I met him, then got back to Heathrow, got home and then spent good most of yesterday editing, preparing and doing all the stuff on that and then got it out. So that's two days gone. Just one interview. People watch an interview on YouTube and they think, oh, you know, throw a camera up. Bullshit. But there's huge work <laughs> in all of this. And and everything you mentioned as well. I mean, there's no question. One quick thing I'll mention, though, that on a positive note, I don't have super rich, semi or almost famous people giving me money. However, when I was put in the Belfast Telegraph with an absolute fraudulent article accusing me of being in some perverse way connected to the death of a councillor, a poor man who died with an auto, he had an autoimmune disease, he had other issues, he was against the vaccine, and they actually mined my Twitter and found out he followed me and sent me a tweet once, and they made a whole story out of it because he happened to die, sadly. And it was outrageous. And a hedge fund manager retired, uh, basically in our group, wrote to me and said, Ivor, I'm not sure the chances of legally winning because the judges are not on your side either. But he said, if you want to pursue them, I'll bankroll it. He was going to bankroll a legal uh, wow. kind of libel thing against the paper. Yeah. Wow. And that's There's lots more people. I won't mention their names, household names, some of them. Again, they don't give me anything because even when asked, I say, I'm running a business and I'm getting by. I don't want charity. But likewise, if I ever had more of this nonsense with the revenue, I know I'd just reach out, even independent of a GoFundMe, and I get the support. So it'll be good that they know that too, right? Yeah. Well, put them in touch with me then. <laughs> Tell them yeah, to help me out. The problem, the problem with these kinds of things is there's, it's like your brand or whatever. They are very personally connected to me. Like, you know, one of them is yeah. a very famous, world-famous person. But he said, Ivor, you saved my life with your work during COVID in 2020. Contacted me, spent an hour on the phone. I'm talking about a guy, I won't mention his name. Pretty much even my kids of 15, even though he's nearly 80, went, wow, that famous. So they're, they're the kind of things, but... But um, as it happens, they're not just generally supporting people who fight. But it, dude, it's this personal bond they feel. But, yeah. but you're yeah. you're in that you're in that category of Sukrit Bakhti, you know yourself, Thomas Binder. You know, remember Thomas Binder? You know that Swiss oh, guy. Oh, Thomas Binder up. in Germany. They put him in an asylum, I think. Yeah, Switzerland, Switzerland. Yeah, they put him in an yeah. asylum. They put him in an asylum. Switzerland. You know, they put him and, in asylum, and unless he took the tablets, the drugs, yeah. they wouldn't let him out. Yeah. So him... I told people that they, they said that's impossible. No, it happened. In Switzerland. I mean, of I all know. places. You think, Swiss oh, Swiss people, nice, chocolate, cows, milk, all that. No, Switzerland, they put him in an oh. asylum. Home of Davos. Home of Home Davos. Of Davos. <laughs> but, but Switzerland were quite good on in lockdowns and stuff, because even though they're the home of Davos, they're broken up government or sorry it's more like states rather than yeah, 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 federal yeah. government yeah, yeah, having yeah exactly. principalities and that brought in diversity and it allowed some of those principalities to kind of be little swedens 
and it stopped the country going insane. But yeah. Yeah. So Mike Eden, Thomas Binder, Sukrit Bhakti, yourself. I mean, you guys were right from the day dot championing and saying the right things, saying there was no pandemic, saying no, mm. you know, and, you know, even now there's people in the freedom movement talking about early treatment and pandemic. And I, I get really upset. Fucking like hell. there's no pandemic and there was no need for early treatment. There, I mean, just take your I vitamin C, your vitamin D and your zinc and you're fine. You know, it's that simple. But yes. I think a lot of people have put their energy into early treatment, made a name for themselves, ivermectin, hydroxychloroquine, you name it, supplements, uh, all that kind of stuff. But I think willingly or unwillingly, they're playing into the hands of the sinister bastards. Yes. There was no pandemic. Stop banging on you about know, it. Uh, that is a superb point and i felt it for a long time now guys you're talking about yesterday's war and you're only you're only adding to the effectiveness perversely and it was someone who said uh, not nietzsche solzhenitsyn he mm. said the only thing an honest man has to do is to not partake in the lie and there's an element of partaking in the lie now people say to me ivor there are no viruses you're organized opposition I'm not going there. And I, I actually get, told them. I get I tried that. I get that. Them. Yeah. I have, I actually thought about this in case it could be used against me by my enemies. Cause I think about everything. I'm like a f shark with that stuff. Should I say this honestly or not? And I weighed it up. I projected into the future, all the contingencies. I said, no, I can say this. And, and I did on Twitter until I got sick of them. I said to them, guys, I'll level with you, I'll be honest. When I was young, I was fascinated with viruses. Now, that's 40 years ago, plus. Mm. Mm. So I know the bad guys were not active back then. So obviously, there's this mass stupidity back then, even when there was no coercion. Okay, that's the first thing. Uh, I was fascinated by them. I did them in college as well. They are quasi-life because they don't respirate. Uh, they do reproduce and they do tick the boxes of life, but they're quasi because they don't respirate. They don't metabolize. They use a host. I knew that I was into that stuff 40 years ago, right? Come on. And the other thing I said is I'm not going to spend time in this because the key thing is if I go in and watch all these doctors and if I come to the conclusion, honestly, that there are actually no viruses, if that happens, I will not speak word of it. I will never say it. Because I'm fighting a war here and I don't throw my troops into ambushes. I do not just throw my troops in to be all killed. And if I went out and said it, even if I knew it was true, uh, I'd basically be giving up the war and I'd be a non-combatant and I'd disappear <laughs> off, off the battlefield. That's not going to happen. I have five kids. Yeah. Brother, brother. That's an important same. point. We're on the same page. I freaking love you. I'm, I'm reaching over and hugging yeah. you right now because I'm getting this bullshit day <laughs> and day in, day out. And I don't know whether it's... 5G. The, yeah, I don't know if it's the enemy yeah, deliberately trying to trip me up. I'm <laughs> just like you. Listen, I'm under no illusion. They are watching everything I say and do, reading every substack, watching yeah. every video. I've had the hostels. I've done fire requests. I know they're taking screenshots of, of my substacks. They've been pouring over my podcast. Oh. The, the enemy 
they, you know, and the reason why is, look, you have a scientific background, a, an analytical brain, you're, you're intelligent and you're calm and you've got that lovely, sexy Irish voice. You know, it's, it puts everybody in a very <laughs> relaxed state and you're, you're just reasonable and sensible. And, and anyone listening to you will not think you're a wacko, jacko, crazy person. I'll be like, hmm, this is interesting. I need to hear what this guy has to say. So you are, for that reason, a threat because you are credible, because you are someone that someone will want to listen to. And the reason why I am exactly. a danger, yeah, and the reason why I've been cancelled and, and they've tried to destroy me, I've changed it. They haven't destroyed me. I'm going to come out stronger, by the way. But the what, reason mm. why they've tried to destroy me is because I am a surgeon. I'm from the system. I am credible. I've got a nice... Glaswegian accent, just like, you know, we've got something about these accents. I'm a, I'm a bold, reasonable get, guy. Reasonable guy. Sometimes I'm a bit entertaining. I'm not too far out there crazy. Okay. And people want to listen to me. We are a threat to them. And that's a compliment. Yes. But that means it, we have to be super freaking careful. And so when someone says to me, you're not talking about, you're talking about viruses, but I go, do you know what I say? I go, frack off. You know what? I'm dealing with shit much bigger right now. And I know what you're saying. If there's no viruses, then there's no pandemics and the whole thing's fine. Okay, listen, there's a bigger picture. We talked about the big picture. Stop focusing on one pin on the map. And if you're going to make yeah. me focus on that one pin that on the map, which will take me off the map, I'm, not, I'm just not interested. And you either get it or you don't. And, yeah. if you, and, if you, and if you keep badgering, it means you're trying to trip me up. And I'm not interested. It's funny you should say this, by the way. Yeah, and that's a that is an interesting question on whether they are bad people trying to make fools of the good people, or whether they're just deluded. Or let's allow the possibility. To be fair, I have not researched it enough to say unequivocally. Let's I'm allow open, them I'm the open possibility to that I, I, in I've, some sense. Yeah, yeah I'm yeah. open to it. Yeah, even if it's the latter, no matter what they are, they they must be avoided at all costs. Because even if they're the latter, and even if they're correct, to my earlier point, it is literally a nuclear weapon, thermonuclear weapon in our camp that will destroy everyone who says it. You will never sell that one. I know it. I'm a corporate guy. I was involved in corporate politics and shenanigans for nearly 30 years. I know that is a road to instant failure. It's sad if there are no viruses that that's the case, that we can't speak truth. But we have to be realists. You'll just, it's Harry Carry. You're over. You're gone. And in terms of the media, reasonableness. Yeah, I had to stay reasonable. I had to stay measured. I heard from someone who was connected to Google that says they even have algorithms that if someone is clearly like fighty and talking, in a wild-eyed way about certain topics, they'll pick up on the tone and further shadow ban because mm. it's conspiracy theory. They even have that advanced. But, but besides all that, in Ireland, the media actually allowed me on in the summer. I got in the Irish Business Post, you know, a business newspaper of record. They did a big article. And although they criticized me and they brought in the experts who are utter idiots, as I knew, <laughs> utter idiots. They did 
I gave them a PDF of all of my responses on what they talked to me on the phone. And I said, this PDF is the record of what I'm saying. We are agreed on that, right? Mm. So I was very careful in advance, like with tax, clean as a whistle. And they honored it. And one of the most important things I had to say was that I am absolutely up for debate and encourage open debate on this matter. We, we're, we're missing that. And they printed it in the body of the article, in fairness to them, and they chose it as the quote from me on the big picture. They sent a photographer here to my house. They put it as the chosen quote. So some people read it and said, that's a hit job. And I said, guys, guys, you don't know what a hit job is. That's actually not that bad. And I, I've gone back to it since. But after that, the media as an organism realized that guy is too smart, too reasonable, and too convincing. Yes. And what's more, we as media cannot contradict in a discussion a single thing that he says, and we know it. Therefore, the policy has to be unspoken or spoken. Just keep him off the media at all costs. That's the strategy. And that 100%. happened until a... A Western regional radio had me on, Limerick FM. So many people lobbied him. He had me on. And I said, look, there's a lot of censorship and ways I'm surprised I'm on here, but it's great. I love openness. And he said, oh, no, there's no censorship. What do you mean? And I told him, well, the CEO of YouTube in March 2020 said, if you say anything that contradicts the WHO, you're gone. So I, that's the tip of the iceberg. And he said, oh, is, is that... For, for real. No one even knew that. And I said, that's for real. Public statement. Okay, okay, fair enough. Well, not here. Okay, good. Great conversation. Eight minutes slot went to 18 minutes. Uh, it was a tour de force, I, if I say so myself. <laughs> really careful I was. It was really beautiful. And your man at the end was clearly saying they are very good points. And he hit me with all the ones. But Ivor, people have died and suffered in great amounts. Would you not acknowledge blah, blah, blah? And I said, of course they have. And it's very sad. But a severe flu season is not a mile off that. You know, we need to keep things in perspective. And the median age is 82. Old people are, of course, important too. But we have to just keep things in perspective. And he acknowledged my point. So that was the last media appearance I had because they got a flood of callers saying the first person I've heard talking sense on COVID in a year. Mm. Flood of those comments. Well so done. That, I never got media again in Ireland. But it's just a story of the media act. They have their immune systems. They know that they are told what to say. They accept it or you lose your job or you don't get a promotion. And when a problem comes up that's making you clearly look terrible, you you just organize together to make sure that that person doesn't get reach. 100%. That's it. It's the same in medicine, yeah. mate. It's the same in so, medicine. The doctors are doing yeah. the exact same. They're not speaking out. They know. You know, I, I, I think there's a mixture of do doctors are either indoctrinated in the system and just buying every single bullshit and they actually believe it, right? Um, or, or they're they're deliberately shilling. They're getting paid. They've got big media profiles. They're getting big Instagram profiles. They're getting they they get promoted upwards. So they know, and they're they're agents. Yeah. 
Or you've got people who know it's wrong but are too scared to say anything because they know what's going to happen. And Ahmed Malik's going to happen. You're going to become an Andrew Wakefield. You're going to become a David Cartland. So you know what? You know, yeah. you're like, I've got, I, I, I can't afford to lose it all. So I'll, you know what? I'll just stay quiet. I'll look the other way. And the problem is um, evil happens when good people do nothing about it. You know, evil flourishes when good people just don't do anything about exactly. it. And that, that's the problem that we're facing. But listen, you mentioned Rockefellers. And you you, know who, who you didn't mention was the Rothschilds. Where did they fit into this? Ah, you've just brought up the perennial. Comes up all the time in my talks, public sorry, talks last year sorry. in Dublin and Amsterdam. <laughs> sorry for being predictable. No, 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 no. No, it's not because, no, nothing. <laughs> this one is the first one where I say that because it's come up so many times. And it's come up so many times because a lot of people are angry about it. And they angrily, even though they're on my side, asked with the microphone while I was on stage in Amsterdam, in Dublin, and in England, Southampton, and, and Bor wherever I go and I tell the Rockefeller story, you get some people in the audience who are quite angry because I didn't even mention the Rothschilds. And there's a simple reason. Nordengard and me, likewise, will only cover stuff that's controversial when it's fully documented and published and clear as crystal. Mm. Um, stuff we know about, like the enormous hyper wealth of the Rothschilds and I think the Wagner families who are all involved in World War II and one, all of that stuff is there. And yes, they're vastly wealthier than the Rockefellers. And yes, they are sitting at some kind of gilded table up in the sky and they have their <laughs> fingers and their banking interests in all of these matters. That's true. However, I will not say that on the record because I can't prove it and I don't have documentation. And Nordengard said the same thing. He did a PhD and he's sticking to the standard of a PhD. Like it. Full stop. He's never yeah, going to give the enemy a chance to say, well, he said something, something and, that, and that's debunked. And he, and he can't come back at them because, well, it's true. He doesn't approve. That's the reason. That's great the reason. Well, no, I'm happy with that. That's a great answer. And that's what I do. I want to <laughs> stick to facts and stick to what I know. And that's why, you know, I'm not going to mention, and there's another podcaster out there. And I used to listen to him quite a lot. I've stopped listening to him. Um, because just like... I think I know who. It's just like the the real issues, the medical ethics, the banking, um, the violation of justice and the rule of law and the bigger picture that Ooh. we're seeing are so obvious that we can talk about, you know, talking about whether Paul exactly. McCartney is real or not, who gives a shit? Like, you know, oh. talking talking about whether dinosaurs are real or not. Like, seriously? Just, what the frack? Who cares? Man? Who gives a shit? You know, let's, know. let's talk crazy. about, let's talk about stuff that we can talk about that's real, that's credible. And you're either gone crazy or mm. you're working for the other side talking about stuff like this because any sane, rational person mm. listening to it will be like, what's this crazy person talking about? Like, what the heck? And the thing is, look, it's very simple. They, the enemy has an agenda. We've got an agenda. We need to get as many of our friends and family and loved ones and work colleagues awake to what's going on. Because when you get to that what's critical... What's going on and that's published. That's published. That's not yeah. debatable that is fact it's not your truth it's not my truth it's the truth it's there yes. right i don't believe in this my truth business hey ivor can you tell me about my truth <laughs> no i'll tell you about the truth <laughs> um, 
has to I'm, be objective. And you know, <laughs> Norton Girls talk, and you probably put a link after down below, or I also Please. will if I share this. Yes. 40 minutes. I find it personally, and vast majority of watch the fan, very entertaining, easy to watch. At the end of 40 minutes of 100% bona fide published material in Rockefeller archives, UN archives, UN documents, a story 100% published. If you watch that with an open mind, at the end, you'll never fall for any of the nonsense again. And you'll start just peeling away from the main media. Because you will see with no question where all of these things are coming from. And once you know that, you can't unknow it. And every article in the paper you read about climate and about this, that and the other, immediately in your head, you'll go, oh, yeah, that comes from Rockefeller, the bad guys. It may be true. It may be a bit of a threat. It may be a tiny threat. It may be no threat, the climate. It's actually a, a, it's a meaningless threat. It's made up largely. There's some scientific truth in it, like CO2 warming effect. It, it has no real world meaning. But no matter what it is, if you know it came with no question from Rockefeller Brothers Fund, right through the CFR, the UN, Kissinger, Schwab, WEF, I mm. could go on all day, <clears throat> Club of Rome, all the organizations. Once you know it came from there and you know the four things they identified three quarters of a century ago as opportunities, uh, you're, you're inoculated. You, you should never be thinking about 5G or flat earths or any of that stuff. You yeah. don't need to. Sorry, I had to say that again. No, I love it. I, I'm so glad you did. And, and you know what? It's funny that when you said that opportunities, I've seen that. I've got visual memory. I remember reading that. I remember reading about, and then, and the funny thing is, I just want to throw it in there. Initially, they were talking about, oh, we need to talk about global cooling. And that was what they were going to talk about, global <laughs> cooling. And then they're like, yeah. oh, shit, no, actually, no. Then they changed it to global warming. <laughs> it's like the whole thing is because just a, it was getting a bit warmer. <laughs> so they're like, "Oh they shit!" Just, they just said, "Oh shit!" It's getting warmer. We don't know what's going on here. We're just making stuff up. But if the planet and nature is getting warmer, we better pretend that warming is the problem. I know. That's it. Right. 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 I mean, That's it's just it. it's so and mad. One last thing: the Club yeah. of Rome. Oh, it's so bad. The Club of Rome, I think, in '91. It was part of the kind of broken earth. And I forget the exact name of the initiative, but it was huge. I think Queen Beatrice of the Netherlands led it up and all the Rockefeller stooges and big heads in the UN, Morris Strong, Club of Rome, UN Environment Head. All Rockefeller stooges did this huge thing, which mm. got a lot of traction mm. on climate. And it was the Stockholm Conference was the similar time. All of these lies were being institutionalized. And the Club of Rome produced a document that was very influential. In the document, in their own words, there's a quote that you most people would find hard to believe they said this, but they did. That's what I mean about published. They basically said, I'll paraphrase it, but it, it's pretty accurate. In searching for something that we could use uh, that would fulfill our needs for an enemy, right? Because the Soviet Union had just fallen and they needed a unifying enemy, like mm. a ploy. Mm. Um, we realized that climate change and climate disaster would fit the bill. Their exact words would fit the bill. Wow. Now, how many people, if they knew that a super rich organization, Club of Rome, affiliated to everyone who's anyone at high elite levels around the world and Davos and Bilderberg and 
Rockefellers and all that, that their primary climate vehicle influencing the world on climate disaster actually said themselves that when looking for a common enemy, we realized that climate disaster would fit the bill. Wow. And at the end, they say, in short, the enemy is humanity itself. That was also in the same paragraph. Now, anyone who read that and knew it was true, and it is true because it's published, and had a vague idea of Nordengard's story, the Rockefeller and the geopolitical history, I would say, unless they're an idiot, would have to realize at that moment that mm, it's a scam without even getting into the science and the physics. You don't need to. I know, but you know what the problem is? There's so many good people, Ivor, who are totally brainwashed. They've watched oh, David. Know. They watch David Attenborough. They, they watch the BBC. Oh. They read the Guardian. They think Tories are bad, but Labour and Lib Democrats are the winners and the good guys. And you know what? There's too many people on the planet. The problem is there are too many people. If we just got rid of people, you know what? All yeah. the problems would go away. Climate change would go away. The environment would get better. Polar bears would thrive. And you know what? We'd all sing Kumbaya. And I'm like, whoa, 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 whoa. And, and I know people in my family like this, church-going people who think like this. And I'm like, listen, I know you're a good person, but what you're saying fundamentally is anti-human and the most ungodly thing you yeah. could say. Okay, because we are made in God's, you know, you know, whatever, in God's image you know, or whatever image, yeah. image. That's it. Well, and even outside of that, the eight billion, eight billion people. Um, if everyone had a meter squared and you put them together, it's I think it's thousand kilometers square kilometers or something. Anyway, it's less than the size of Texas. That's the whole wow. planet. Yeah, less than the, a, a, a fraction of Texas. You could put them standing now. Wow. Give, them, give them a bigger space, a small holding each. Uh, they'll still all fit in a tiny fraction. But the, the, the whole thing is just it, so. I it I've seems said this, the the problem isn't sense. the problem isn't that there's too many people. The problem is there's too many few people who are desperately wanting more and more power and control over all of us. It's yeah. that minority of people. That are the problem, not not the majority. The major, and the the funny thing is, the minority of people have have convinced the majority of people that the majority of problems are their fault and not, in fact, the minority. The minority have created the majority of problems that we face today, but they've hoodwinked us into thinking it's our fault. You know what, Ivor? You need to stop going on a plane on holiday. You need to stop driving your car. You need to sit in your little ghetto. You need to stop eating meat so that I can go on my jet to Davos and wherever I want and live in a territory the size of Brussels and laugh at you while I eat my steak. You just stay plugged in in your little condo watching porn or Netflix and eating galoop, right? And then you will, save the, you will save the planet while I fracking enjoy hey, the peace hey. and quiet. Yeah, and hey, that's perfect because, at, at, not to repeat... But exactly what you said, straight back to the Club of Rome, the most powerful influential organization creating hysteria for their political reasons, power reasons. They said when searching for a ruse, right, climate disaster would, would fit the bill, we realized. And the enemy is now humanity itself. So they basically had the perfect ruse. We'll actually get all these ants 
And to get a total ant farm that will lord it over with caviar cigars and the finest of meats, we'll actually flip it on them and tell them all that stuff you can't have anymore. And it's your fault, ant. And if we own the media and we spend a half century preparing, which they have, the people who started all of this madness off are all dead. Just think about that. The average person doesn't think beyond their breakfast. These people start such huge undertakings that they know they'll be dead long before they come to fruition. And that's fine. They are the ultimate long gamers. My corporate mate I mentioned earlier, he shook his head and we used to be long gamers. We'd put in in a program maybe of several hundred million. And for the first two years, you'd be net negative. And then a year, two and a half, maybe you'd strike even. And then you'd make a load of money on the aftermarket sales of supplies for those products. Mm. But we were long gamers. Mm. Most people mm. go, oh, my God, oh, my God. Like the next two or three years, cash flow is going to be negative. No, 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 no. Long game. Mm. And we made a fortune. These, he said to me, Christ, and we thought we were long gamers. These guys are long gamers. Yeah, and the yeah. man in the street, the woman in the street can't understand that. Because their lives are just working day to day. That's a challenge. That's a challenge. Dude, it is a challenge. And because of what <laughs> ha happened to me, I I'm, I feel that. Like, I'm worried about where am I going to pay the bills next month. I'm worried about this. I'm, I'm stressing about how I'm going to put food on the table for my family and kids. And that's what majority of people are like in this world. You know, they're thinking a yes. week ahead. These people are generational thinkers. Yeah. They're thinking their generations. And it's, in some respects, they're just a completely different species from the rest of us. Anyway, listen, we need to wrap they're up. They're dynasties. They're dynasties. I want yeah. to ask you something. I they're want to ask you something. For your average person listening, how do you protect yourself in this world today and from the future? What do you do? Yeah, I, I mean, well, if you, if, you, if, you do, if you do what I do, not because I'm right and everything, even though I... <laughs> humorously am but 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 what i do is is a good example because i'm very exposed to the evil uh, like i told the story about the bailiff uh, so that you don't need to go this far i make sure everything i do is squeaky clean um i often say to people that even your own brother or even your mother can never truly say you're clean your whole history clean no illegality no skeletons Mm. only you can know that mm. I'm in the lucky position where I know I'm a hundred percent clean. So I know there's nothing there for anyone to find, uh, unless they frame me, but getting into that level of crime, I'm not big enough for that. So make sure you're clean or at least clean from now on tax. I mentioned the story, make sure you're absolutely clean on tax. I have made sure of that my whole life on a point of principle, but from around five or six years ago at a management accountancy firm, ultra clean. Um, don't talk about stuff that's not fully published uh, and absolutely defensible and published, like to our point we said earlier. You will expose yourself to being perceived as a conspiracy theorist. If you're going to lead, lead with the right information that's fully published, fully defensible. And I say to people, there's plenty of mainstream articles out there saying lockdowns did not work. There's plenty of mainstream articles saying Wuhan was the, probably the source. Use those. Don't use Facebook shit. 
you'll only discredit yourself for no benefit. Um, the other thing I think is I'm more and more interviewing financial people. And a few years ago, I, I learned for the first time from some of the doctors in our network, some of the smartest guys I've ever met, that they were all holding some physical gold for 15 years. They were ahead of the game. So I moved some of my corporate pension, which is very minor or measly. I think my corporate pension after 30 years nearly at management level for 15 of those and master technologist at the end of the day for the standard defined contribution patient or a pension. My pension, I think, is worth around a quarter of a generic nurse in Ireland working in the public service because wow. they're defined benefit. So it's a small pension, but I took a good chunk of that and got it made into physical bullion because I didn't, I don't have much cash, but I had a pension and some redundancy money. I, I did the same. So I think that is a hedge. It's not to speculate and make loads of money, but it's a very good hedge to counter potential issues that may be coming with CBDC and potentially pretty huge uh, crashes in the financial system, possibly a potential crash in the derivatives market, which is around a quadrillion now. There's all these potential headwinds, and I think ownership of physical gold, and I do have a link uh, to it, or, or you may have a link shortly, um, to a, one of the best companies that I've come across, Pure Gold Company in the UK, and I interviewed them the other day. Um, but beyond that, I mean, it's being upstanding yourself in your own life. And, and as Solzhenitsyn said, we'll finish with that. The only thing an honest man or whatever he said needs to do is to refuse to partake in the lie. And if if we had enough people doing that, the thing would lose steam, I think. Yeah, I love it. Can I suggest something to save you time and me? So we were meant to, mm. you were meant to come on my show and then I was meant to come on your show. Why don't we just share Let's this? Let's just release. Just, you put it on yes. YouTube and I'll put it on mine and that's it. Just done. Because <laughs> like, we both chatted. I, I it's think... a conversation. It was a mutual exchange of ideas. It wasn't. I interviewing you and yeah. you interviewing me. And like, we just had a chat, man. Let's just, we, we'll just have the same chat again. It's, <laughs> it, you know what? It'd be hard to even figure how we do it with a different slant and which version would go on which platform. No, you're right. It was roughly 50-50. I mean, I'm a bit of a ranter. You got me in the morning. I had a great night's sleep. First in a few days after traveling. I I do OMAD. I eat one meal a day. So all day long, I'm like a, a jackrabbit because my stomach's completely empty. Me too. Yeah. And your mental acuity, <laughs> you know, so uh, it was so good, energetic. And I think we covered a load of really important stuff. I, I think it was a great chat. Uh, Prackload. And, uh, yeah, let's just put it on our platforms. Prackload, load. But there's one thing I missed that. Like, uh, there's a signature question, please. You're in your hundreds, you've lived mm. a long life, you've done OMAD, you eat meat, you're freaking, look, you look great. But look, you're now in your deathbed, you're going to meet your maker. And before you pass on, what advice are you going to give to your loved ones, health or, other, or otherwise? Oh, um, yeah, I, I, I think I've talked so much about health and the family, I'll know about it, but, but the only advice would be to to stick to the true science that we know. And that will deliver you such a bounty because it's not just, Joe, you lose some weight, you look better. Yeah, there's that. That's that. A lot of people like that. But there's mental acuity, there's productivity, there's life success based on your energy levels. It goes on and on and on. And you've got, you get uh, 
quality adjusted life years, you get health span. So not just do you probably give yourself 10 or 12 more years, they're not 10 or 12 years like dribbling in a nursing home. The likelihood is you'll get 10 or 12 more years, but your next 30 or 40 will all be better and add it all up. And you'll probably just go out quickly at the end, much more likely than yeah. the long, slow diabetic disaster or, or stuff. So that would be the health advice. And the general advice is, yeah, just be principled. And I would say this is the last thing. Look up stoicism, research it, get deep into it and live it. Because mm. my philosophy more than any other is stoicism. And it is so beautiful. It does not mean you just say, oh, well, oh, well, I'll do nothing. It's, it's not nihilism and it's not apathy. Stoicism is absolutely doing everything you can for the good of the world and the good of the people and the good of yourself and to counter bad guys. You do all that, but you never worry about the outcome because that's pointless. The outcome will be what it is. It's fate. You just do. What's your legacy? I countered it as well as I could. The final thing I will say, Ahmed, the final thing is all I want after this, even if we're all ending up in a gulag, doesn't matter in some ways. All I want is to look back and say, I did what I could to prevent this bad outcome for me and my children. Um, and that will bring me peace. Amen. I freaking love it. The purpose of life is happiness, which is achieved by virtue, living according to the dictates yes. of reason, ethical and philosophical training, self-reflection, careful judgments, and inner calm. Zeno of Citium, founder of Stoicism. Beautiful. That is the creed, man. <laughs> the, the creed. And you know what? I want to pass on something to you. So I... I spoke to Ed Griffin on the podcast, the guy who wrote the book, Creature Jekyll Island, you know, the Federal Reserve one. Oh, wow. Yeah. Okay. He said to me, Ahmed, you, like me, have the crusader gene. I would like to pass that baton on to you. Ivor, you have the crusader gene. You're a good man. Listen. You and I both, Ahmed. Great yeah. stuff. Great God way bless to end you. it. Everyone, I hope you enjoyed it. Um, you this too. Is from both from me and Ivor. I love you guys all. Bye-bye. So there you go. A big one, eh? And please do follow uh, Ahmed Malik, Dr. Malik, uh, on his various platforms. I'll put a link down below to his main website. And of course, the links are down below if you want that free financial consultation with the guys at the Pure Gold Company and a link as well for free storage for a year while you decide uh, where you're going to put it because most people will want to physically have the asset. So that's it, folks. Until next time, thank you.